Hey, and welcome to another episode of Natural Bliss Podcast. I am your host, Joyce Sweeter. You're going to want to go buy the site. You know, summer's coming up and I've got the soothing salve. Comes in two sizes, a two, uh, two ounce. No, take that back. Yeah, it is a two ounce, which is perfect for putting in your diaper bag or your purse or, you know, the, you're the sportsman. It's great for putting in your tackle box or whatever you have. And then there's the, the four ounce salve. So that's bigger and that's good for keeping around the house. And you're going to want to have that keep it around the house because everybody who buys it, their family comes over and it's like, where's that salve? Where's that salve? So, and it's great to have on hand. It's great for insect bites, great for rashes, just, just about anything. The only thing you can't use it for is you can't use it on an open wound because it contains comfrey, which regenerates skin cells very quickly and it will seal the infection inside. So to combat that, I've got the Soothing Cleanse, which is kabucha infused with plantain. So kabucha goes ahead and regenerates skin cells very quickly also. And the plantain will help to get any infection out. There's a few drops of tea tree, in or, tea tree oil in there, which is a great antiseptic. So you're going to want to have those two products in your arsenal come this summer. So go on over to heavenlybodieswellness.com and get you some right now. So today we have with us Jessica King. And Jess is a fully clear, buoyant, medium, intuitive coach, master's level, and multiple modalities of energy healing. She's ordained in faith, having spent nearly her entire lifetime practicing and learning the extent of her gifts. Jessica, welcome to the show. Hey. So tell us, how did you get started on this path? Not by choice is what I always like to say. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I have, um, I have seen and communicated with spirits since I was, uh, as long as I can remember. My, um, I guess, first experience was all the way back to around two or three. Wow. And uh, after that, I just kept opening and closing the gift um, off because it, of course, was not something that was easy to accept, especially with um, my Southern upbringing. So it was not really something that I had a support system for. But when I went through what I uh, what is known as the dark night of the soul, and it's just a series of um, events that turn your life upside down, the uh the blinders came off and it was no longer really a choice. So, and that was a little over 10 years ago uh, that that actually was when I fully had to just start kind of accepting uh, the, the gift uh, fully and not being able to really kind of close myself off. But uh, I still was what I call a closet medium at that point. So I only would uh, deal with um, what I had to, and I would only help people that it was comfortable for me. And Till uh, spirit said that wasn't good enough either. Did you ever tell your family about this gift? Um, that was, um, you know, that was part of, I guess, what closed it down for so much of my life was because I was told that I had an overactive imagination. And that, um, that I didn't really see what I was seeing. And so that was a really hard thing for me to understand. And then, of course, when it transitioned into it wasn't just uh, that I had an overactive imagination. It was um, that's not of God. And so then it was just I battled so long with um, spiritual turmoil. 
So you're in the South. So you were basically raised in the church. Am I correct? Every time the doors were open. Yes. Every time the doors were open. So that would have been a Wednesday and Sunday, twice on Sunday. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Yes. And of course, if there was any other events that were going on. So yeah, very much so. And what, what about your friends? Did you ever talk to your friends about this? Was there anybody close to you that you felt comfortable sharing about this? Um, I only talk some about it, but I still didn't even talk much about it just because it was so, um, I didn't know how to access it. I didn't know how to tap into it. I didn't know even um, what I've actually looked back and realized is, is there was a lot of times that I was actually tapping into messages, even when I was talking to them and I didn't even realize what I was doing because it was just so out of control and I didn't know when it was going to come and when it was going to go and what I was getting. I didn't know how to decipher spirit. Got to. So um, what about your, what about your, your current family situation? Well, everybody knows mentioned- now because there's no hiding it at this point. So, <laughs> so how is that? Do you bring like your spirit friends with you and introduce some to, to the family? <laughs> Yeah. Well, the ones that still talk to me, absolutely. So, um, but um, it is, uh, you know, it was, it's not been accepted and embraced by all, but I finally had to come to the place where it was where, um, where I found my peace. And more than anything, it wasn't, it was more beyond even just me finding my peace. I found more peace giving, um, helping others find their peace. And, and through that, it offered so much healing for my own soul that, I didn't care anymore. Who knew? So tell us some of the things that you encountered while you were a child outside of, you mentioned spirits. Yes. Uh, a lot of it would be, um, so I, I would have uh, what I would call, I guess, lucid dreaming. So I would have dreams that were um, prophetic dreams, or I would have dreams that were very real and they were dreams that were so powerful at that um, at very young ages that I remembered them into my thirties and forties and did wow. not even understand what uh, I didn't understand what they meant until some of them in my mid thirties, it took me that long to figure out, which I thought that was kind of a cool joke on spirits part to try and give me a dream that I was still trying to decipher 30 years later, but it worked out because it was such a powerful dream that I never forgot. Right. And, and so I got uh, lots of messages that way. Um, I would also encounter uh, not just, uh, I guess I would see a lot of the gods and, and also different uh, beings that would come around. Predominantly, I guess the one that t- was the most frequent for me in my earlier years was an Indian chief. He is my, my spirit guide that's been with me since birth. So, but he scared the bejesus out of me because he was uh, in full Indian headdress and he carried a hatchet. So that's alarming. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I'd be scared too. If I woke up, it's an Indian standing over me with a hatchet. Yeah. And I was like, that's scary. So, I mean, it took us a long time to kind of work through that whole situation. I was like, you can't do that to a child. I mean, that's a little alarming. So, but thankfully he's still here and we still talk through everything. So, um, and then, of course, I would be able to know things that were to come that, that, I, that I should know. You know, everything from when someone's going to pass or if, um, if there's something that is um, a person that has ill intent for them or 
would possibly be a, um, you know, a relationship that would have a bad break to it because of one reason or another. There was just information that I would get that I didn't ever understand why I knew it or how I knew it. I just knew it. So it's not like you had, had a dream or got message, got received messages. Cause I, I received message, messages in my head. It's not right. an audible voice. It's just, I get this message. So yeah. is that what happened with you? Some of them would, some of them were actually auditory. Uh, so, and some of them were in dreams. I mean, I've, I've get them pretty much every way known to man. Um, because I finally had the discussion with my spirit guides that they knew that I was hard headed and I needed to have really uh, loud and clear messages. Either that or I was going to possibly write, go right past it and not even think that it was anything except for me maybe thinking too much. Right. And that's a lot with me, too. I, I question, you know, is this me? But, but then there's other stuff. It's like there's no way I would think this. Right. Right. Just, and so and that's what um, I think is the inter most interesting thing that when people come to me for like intuitive coaching is, is they're like, I just get these voices in my head and it tells me and they're like, but it's my voice. And I'm like, but see, that's the thing is, is that's your higher self. It's, you know, but it's learning when it's your higher self so that you can connect and realize, you know, that that's the right message and you got to follow it. And so my, uh, my agreement with them was, is that I would follow it with a uh, blind and unwavering faith. And I have done it at extreme measures at this point in life uh, and it has never failed me but the more that we discredit it or ignore them then the um sometimes it muddies the water or makes it where it's not as clear and we start to doubt um the messages that we receive right well you had kind of like stifled this gift in your your early Absolutely. years and on your website on your about page it said that it actually took an abusive relationship and a death of my father and 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 and, a, and another and a menagerie of other traumas yes so how did why did those situations encourage you to tap into your gifts and to learn more about them well i think that like i was saying about the dark night of the soul um I think that there are certain people that when they kind of run for their gifts for so long, they have to go through uh, the dark night of the soul, which means that you're literally taken down to um, the bare bones of your existence. And you're really taken to a place where you're alone and you're forced to really kind of uh, go within yourself. And during all that alone time and during all that time that I had by myself, that I was really very broken it was what I had to listen to and I had to trust because I was right. just at that place in life where there was, there was no other road to take. Yes. Sometimes the universe does that. They put us in this place where they know that if she goes here, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be okay. I, I have no choice, but to do what I'm told. So to do what I'm told. <laughs> I mean, I tell everybody that I'm like, it, the, I, I will, never forget the moment that I that I surrendered because I mean I hit the knee my knees in my backyard and I was just like I promise I, I give up I mean we, I will follow whatever you ask me to do whatever direction you need me to go I'll do it because at this point I've only proven that I know how to make a train wreck out of <laughs> everything that I'm doing so I mean I could have success in life and things like that but I still had a very much a hollow um, space in life where I just kept making um, a lot of 
decisions that were self-sabotage. And so it was a lot of healing work, a lot of facing, uh, you know, decisions that I had made and, and paths that I had taken that were by choice, because I don't think that spirit ever chooses to drag us um, face first down a gravel road. Right. But we make choices that even though that we see the warning signs, we're like, oh, it's not, it's not we're okay. Or at least I well, was, I was like, you know, I, I could, I, I got this. I didn't have it. Right. Well, I know with me, I don't do tarot cards, but I do oracle cards. Yeah. And I had pulled some cards for myself and three times in a row, it was telling me to take a break from work, take a break from work, take a break from work. And of course, I didn't listen. No. Yeah. I'm with you. So it landed up that I lost control of my right hand. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm finally getting it back and was able to make jewelry today but and that was back in march the beginning of march yeah it's um i get that they told me for six months that i was going to lose my dream corporate job um because this was the path i was meant to be on and i i ignored and ignored and ignored because i had you know it's taken me years to get to that um that job and i was like no no no, i'm not doing that no this is i don't want to take that path I'm just fine reading people on my back porch and, you know, when it's, you know, in my leisure and they're like, that's not what you're meant for. And I was like, I don't want to. And they're like, well, we're going to make it happen. Okay. It's either you're, you're going to accept it or not, but it was the best thing ever. So what happened? I lost my first ever corporate job. How long were you there? Um, that one, um, well, I was, I'd been in, in sales and marketing for over 20 years. That company, um, I was there for two years. And they, but they had told me that for a good portion, they were like, you're, this is not for you. This is not where you're meant to be. Right. And you didn't listen. I didn't want to. Yeah, I know. That was like with me. I didn't want to. But let this be a warning for all you out there. When you hear that small voice in your head telling you that you're not supposed to be doing something or to stop working for a while or whatnot, you know, listen to it. Right. Listen. Yeah. Because if you don't, the universe is going to make sure that you do. Yeah. And it's going to be it's going to be a lot harder, too. Am I right? It is. And generally we'll listen. It's not nearly as harsh because I mean, cause then it's, you know, they're, they're, we're listening to their guidance and it might be something that's just, you know, you can kind of recover from and get back to normal. Um, or at least, the, you know, a, a new sense of normal that's good for you and healthy for you. Right. You know, I think, think things go easier that way too. Absolutely. So let's talk about the, the services that you offer. You offer a variety of services. Yeah. I do. I, um, I, I, my, my main focus, I, I mean, it breaks down to three categories predominantly. Um, it's obviously my mediumship and, you know, connecting with the messages of either departed loved ones or spirit guides. And then I also uh, deal with um, healing. And that is something that I've become extremely passionate about because I do understand that, I mean, especially with everything that's happened over the last few years, but no matter what, and since time has begun, people deal with trauma and they deal with pain and it's right. not like putting the hot pot down. They, you know, people hold on to it because they don't know how to let it go. Well, not only that, but our bodies remember it. Absolutely. I was having, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about this 
And she was saying, her example was like soldiers who have PTSD. Mm -hmm. They could be standing in Sam's Club and all of a sudden hear a helicopter and they're freaking out. Absolutely. And it's like, and they know they're in Sam's Club, but their body's saying, hey, that's a helicopter. Mm -hmm. Remember what we had to do with the helicopters? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can, um, can trigger you know, experiences. And I think that there is um, all types of different therapies and all types of different ways that people can work through um, healing themselves and, you know, and to be able to let go of pain and trauma and stress and all these things. But one of the ways, I guess, that one of the predominant things that I found is different with me is, is that we don't have to pull it all back out and look at it. Um, I can, you know, pinpoint different things that are going on and then we can just go ahead and heal them so that we're not having to pull it back out and having to, you know, deal with everything face to face. I mean, you already know the trauma, you know, the pain, let me go ahead and let's just heal the circumstances that, you know, that left the scar kind of in your um, auric field, you know, because I think that it lies within your energy field somewhere that needs to just be uh, made whole again. So um, but the other, and then of course, intuitive coaching. So, because I was so lost for so long and I, uh, I did not know, like I said at the beginning, I didn't know how to tap into different, um, you know, deciphering spirit and discernment of spirit. And, you know, is that really a message? And, you know, all these different things that are different components when you start taking your spiritual journey, that is, um, is confusing scaries or you know just you don't know which direction sometimes to quite go in to kind of get the you know the fundamentals down so that you can take a stronger step into uh, your journey and so that's what I really do like to help people into making sure that they can safely uh, walk into their journey understand their intuitive gifts and embrace who it is that they're meant to be because I think that we're all sitting here with gifts and we all have things that we're meant to do And so it's time to rip the mask off and be able to live in your authentic self and be able to truly tap into all the energy that's out there in the universe that, um, that we're supposed to have access to, to help us through life. Right. And not just to help us get through life, but help the, the collective good. Thank you. That's what I was just, I was searching my brain for that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, for, because we're all interconnected. Absolutely. You know, I'm not, separate from you you're not separate from me it's that energy that intertwines us absolutely and it's um and it's amazing and powerful how you know how that energy works and and how it will bring people together in the times that they need the most and you know it's just a um it's such a beautiful experience and just, I think that, you know, people would understand that more that, I mean, we don't have to fight each other. We don't have to be against each other and we don't have to agree with everything that each other's we each believe, but we can still help each other along our journey and, you know, in some way or another. Right. You know, I would like to see people come together more on what they have in common than separate themselves because of what they don't have in common. Yes. You know, and that's what our society tends to do. Well, and I think it's, you know, it's a lot of it's being fed by, um, you, by you know, media and government and everything else. The, the desire to push down these, you know, keep them, keep them at odds um, because that's, you know, beneficial for, you know, some of their, I guess, um, ways that they think. 
Right. I, I like the way that you're, you're picking your words very carefully <laughs> as far as far as the uh, 1% is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, you know, that's a shame. Although I do notice, you know, being out in the public and working with the public, I do notice that a lot more people are waking up. Absolutely. And realizing what is going on. And I think with this pandemic, I think they were they were hoping to gain so much more control. And instead, I think they just freaking opened up a can of worms and, you know, some people were going, oh, I see what's going on. You know, yep. I see it now. I, they're so, seeing more clearly. And I, and I agree. And that's, that's the um, that's the interesting thing, because I did go back into corporate after I got put on this path for my business. Um, after I was um, I ran my, I had my business for about a year. I did have the doors open up in a line for me to go back into corporate into a really nice company that I enjoyed for a, a good number of uh, about five years. And then um, COVID hit and I, my job was eliminated at that point. And but when they put me back on this path, I was like, look, if this is the second time. If this is what I mean. And they were like, there's a plan. <laughs> And I was like, as long as there's a plan, because I mean, I don't want right. to be out here you know, like the Wild West and I need y'all to make sure that I'm okay because I'm not going to stress over life anymore. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been a gorgeous plan. So I, I mean, it is uh, the way it continues to unfold. And you're right, more and more people are waking up um, and I'm finding them in some of the most interesting places in Blaze. And it's, um, I'm glad to see it. I mean, and it's all levels of people. I mean, it's right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm seeing it from late the late teens into people in their 70s. Yes. You know, it's just all across the board. There's not, I don't see just one group of people waking up. No. There's a range, yes. a huge range. You know, I think the sad thing is, though, is one thing I'm hearing, tell me if you're hearing this, is that a spouse is awake but the other one's not awake and they don't want to hear anything that the awakened spouse has to say. I hear it. Um, I hear it from some, and it's been interesting. It's been interesting because of, um, you know, that does seem to cross um, my path, um, uh, you know, not as, um, not as much as it was, but it was crossing my path pretty regularly. And I was, um, I was like, look, I was like, even though they may not hear what you have to say, I said, you have to at least be honest with them about who you are. Right. And I was like, so, you know, and if y'all are meant to be, then, then things will align and it'll all work out. And it doesn't mean you have to shove it down their throat because then that's literally just putting you into the same place as, you know, um, you know, some of the either religious beliefs or even some of the governmental beliefs that, you know, you're going to, I'm going to shove my belief system down your throat and you're going to make, you're going to believe it too. They don't have to believe it. That's, that's not what your relationship was founded on, but just, there has to be an acceptance of it and you can't hide in the dark. <laughs> right. Well, that's like, you know, my kids, they don't believe in a lot of things I'm interested in. There's a couple of crackers that my husband left on the, on the microwave. My son was asking me about them. I said, I don't know. I didn't put them there. He goes, oh, I thought maybe you put them there to uh, help the fairies to keep the evil spirits away. <laughs> he was mocking me. Huh? And, well, I mean, maybe I, the fairies could like the crackers, so hush it. <laughs> do what? What'd you say? I said, well, the fairies could be happy about the crackers. So I mean, you know, don't give them any grief. So then I was telling him, I said, no, I said, but I did give the fairies some honey during the winter time. 
And he was like, you're kidding, right? This is a joke. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I did. I gave it to them. And obviously it wasn't cold enough here because the honeybees went into it and they got stuck and they died. And it was horrible. Oh. I was like, no. That was not the plan. No, and the thing was, is it was winter. And yeah, we have mild winters, but still the bees should not have been active. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, no, and I get that. My uh, um, I, my son's 13. So it's, um, you know, and the joke, the running joke is, is that he actually was, um, he had a preference that I would tell people that I was a prostitute um, because it was easier <laughs> for him to explain um, than what I do. Um, he's gotten over that, but, um, but yeah, that's still the running joke. And I was like, person, I was like, seriously, he was like, I mean, it's easier to explain mom. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> no, no, nobody. I prefer not. No, but that's, that's even like <laughs> with everything that I'm awake about, you know, my daughter and my oldest son kind of sort of, you know, feel me, but then they're the ones who told me about certain things. You know, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, you told me about this stuff. I looked into it. And now you're telling me I'm crazy. Uh, really? I haven't had to deal with that, but he, uh, but he was, he has been, he's channeled messages since he was two. So he, yeah. um, and he has got uh, the same thing as I do. And when he chooses to tap into it, it is insanely powerful. Um, but he just is at that age where he's still trying to work through that. But when he wants it, uh, he'll tap in and he can tap in extremely hard and, um, and in mind blowing ways. So, but it just does it at his own discretion at this point in life. How old is he? 13. And is he your only child or do you have more? Oh, yes. Yes. He's enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, that, that's another thing to be encounters with the kids. But with my kids, I just know that there's certain things that we just really can't talk about because yeah. we have to agree to disagree. Yeah. And, you know, I could say that's the best, the, the best thing, you know, if there's people in the listening audience who are dealing with this, just agree to disagree yeah. for the sake of your relationship, because it's not worth hindering a, 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 your relationship with your spouse or even with your children right you know? absolutely so just, just agree disagree and move on so I want to go back to um the trauma for a minute because I I was wondering when you were talking about it when people come to you to work with you with trauma mm -hmm. do they always know what it is or there, there is there times when you have to like dig to find out what's going on it's interesting. I um, I actually say that sometimes that uh, or I know that healing is like peeling back those layers to an onion. So a lot of times they may know the surface uh, issue. So something that um, is the you know the thing that they can recall the quickest or the easiest, or maybe it was you know the, um, an experience that they're still tied to, but that really isn't the root issue. Um, because there can be other stuff. A lot of times I have found that there is stuff that is tied back to past lives. Right. Um, and it can be tied to karmic debts or it can be tied to soul contracts. 
And that's the uh, interesting thing is, is that I will, you know, connect into the Akashic Records. I'll, you know, be able to pull back different information and experiences that they may have had from not just this lifetime, but past lifetimes that maybe even intertwine as to that soul lesson that they're back here and they're supposed to learn. But they've got to let go of like the pain or the trauma or the anger or whatever it may be that uh, caused them to, you know, to continue to have conflict with that situation. Right. But it's, it's kind of hard when you think that you've dealt with everything and then there's still conflict and you don't know why. Yes. Well, then you have things like me where I experienced, you know, I'm a past life where I realized I'd murdered my ex-husband and I was like, oh, well, that's terrible. And maybe that, okay, now I'm starting to understand why there's some conflict in that situation. I'm sorry I murdered you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why you murdered him? That I cannot um, guarantee. Um, from what I understand, from what I have gathered, it was um, it was an adulterous affair. Ah, yeah. Do you know what year that was? What time? Period? I do. It was. Um, it was. I was actually. That was very clear. It was nineteen ten. So I had talked to one person, and they believe that we come back into the same family yes. and, and that we're basically the same person. So you do have a, what I call a soul family. Um, and they may not be blood relatives, but you do have certain people or a certain group of people that, that are, um, you've lived more than uh, multiple lifetimes with. Um, I've, I've had, um, one that from this lifetime that when I re-experienced them, I had a, um, I connected it back to the 1850s, um, and, uh, maybe around, it was 1830 to 1850 timeframe that I'd had another, um, a couple of other lifetime experiences with this person. And I was like, I am I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I'm breaking this agreement and I'm not going to help you through this anymore because I've helped you through it multiple times and you've just not even you've been a, it's been a painful situation and I'm the one that gets um, treated poorly for trying to help. Right. And so I was like, so I'm breaking that now and I'm not going to have that continue on for me. Did but you that's not that, something that most people will be like, what? <laughs> did you see that series, which is of East, East end Eastwick? I have not. I've heard it was good though. Yeah, it was, it was, I had watched it. But they had something like that because they were cursed to they to continue living, yep. you know. So they were living a lot of time, and one of them, what you were talking about, that's what happened to her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, she was just like, "No, I'm not doing this with you anymore. <laughs> Forget yeah. it." Yeah. And the interesting thing was, is yes, in that lifetime, I was a witch, and I was. Uh, I mean, the, the vision that I got, I was standing around a cauldron. I was. In in the middle of the woods. That was a very interesting and very profound experience. I mean, and even though we didn't look the same, I still knew it was us. Um, and I was like, and then when I was told it was our fourth life, I was like, no, I'm done. Done. Yeah. I've gone above and beyond four lifetimes. We're good. <laughs> well, you know what they say? Once a witch, always a witch. Absolutely. And that was a series too about a, a young witch who was, she was, it was during the uh, witch trials in England. 
and yeah. she was to be she was to be burned and she was given some words to say and she transported into the current time oh that sounds interesting it was you know it was it was kind of cheaply made oh, okay but, but it was still an interesting story because she is a young woman so she's when she comes into the into the current time she's going to high school oh well that would be really interesting bless her heart that's tragic enough experience i mean the first you know doing it dealing with it you know at any point so and then being in the wrong time era is makes it even more confusing yeah i don't know <laughs> but i had seen a uh, energy worker and she had i didn't ask for we weren't doing anything about past lives but she said you know you were a witch before and you're a witch yes, now. You are. yeah Oh, you, you're like, oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, no, I already knew that. I mean, that's the reason that you connect so easily with, um, you know, the different, um, you know, herbals and things like that. I mean, green witchcraft has always been your um, your connection. So you've always had a strong connection to Mother Earth. And for some reason, there has always been a um, an uncanny ability to actually keep up with, like, plants and things like that. I mean, like, you just nurture things. Yeah, too bad I kill them. I don't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you still can nurture them into something. So that means that like the salves, the lotion, anything oh, that yeah. you can nurture them into, that's still a nurturing of, I mean, that, that, you know, making it into different things. So. Yeah. And even when, when I was little, I used to take a bucket of water and I would put rocks in it and dandelions and grass, and I would just let it sit there. I guess I was making an infusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not knowing it you know but now I know I know it now and I'm like obviously there wasn't something inside of me that knew this from a past life it was like well this is what we do with the water yeah <laughs> so do you help you you said you help people with past lives too to get past that with, yes. with, with the drama well, what if somebody just wants to know about past lives can they come to you for that Absolutely. Um, I have, um, I have either, I have a session that I call it divination and spirits where I, I literally am just connecting to the Akashic records and their guides and, and can give them some, um, some information about uh, their past lives. Um, that's only a half hour session. I mean, so it's a very quick one. So you don't get a whole bunch of details, but you will get some, um, or in a mediumship session, that's an hour where I can connect and give, you know, further details into those situations. I don't do any sort of past life regressions or anything, but that's because I'm not going to put you into a meditative state. I'm, I'm just reading your Akashic records to be able to actually get you the information. Right. Yeah. So do you ever have somebody come to you who wants to know who their spirits are or better yet you ever have anybody come to you who's a non-believer and they're just coming to test you i have um i have i don't um i don't have it as much anymore um but i have had um a few people that have um especially back when i first started and i was i did a bunch of lives on my my facebook business page at that point and it was really honestly just to share messages with people and let people see the type of messages that I would get. Um, because I know that there are a lot of people in this industry that claim things that they didn't, they couldn't do. And so, um, and I would have people that would pop in those. And I, I was blessed enough to have some great people that wrote reviews that said I wasn't a believer until I met Jess. And I was like, 
I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't need you to believe in me. I'm just a conduit um, and I'm just being a willing vessel. But it, I'm grateful that it opens their eyes to the spirit realm. And to uh, that there is something out there greater than just, um, you know, what they were thinking was out there. Right. And I, I, I talked to somebody earlier today and they had... There was, it was a friend of theirs, their, their mom had gifts and the family knew about them. The bro, her son did not believe in it. And yeah. as a matter of fact, he told her that when I pass, don't be doing any of this mumble jumbo at my funeral. <laughs> well, it landed up that she passed a month before he passed. And then when he did pass, he had a hard time going wherever he was supposed to go because he didn't believe in anything. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good thing that mom was there because she was able to guide him to Pull work. Him on over. Yeah, wherever yeah. he needed to go. Yeah, so, because that's the sad part is, is so many of those get lost um, or they stay earthbound or trapped. And, and that's, um, it's not a place you want to be in the spirit realm. It's not a safe place. So what do you think happens when we die? Do you think we go to heaven? Do you think we go to another dimension? Is it just nothing but darkness? Is it whatever? not darkness, no. Um, I well, have... I mean, like, like, like sleeping. Is it yeah. just going into a, a deep sleep, never dreaming, never waking up, and you're totally oblivious to any, um, that anything has even a, happened? Yeah, there is a whole other um, world and experience out there. You can call it heaven. You can call it another realm. You can call it whatever you want um, that makes you happy and feel at peace. Um, but it is, um, I mean, I, we will be met with, you know, our, um, with the archangel and they will, you know, ask, you know, to cross us over and, and take us over. There is a time where we will have a, um, you know, a accounting uh, for how we achieved, you know, what we were sent here to do. Um, it's not a long process, but there is, you know, you're going to have an, a, you know, that time where you're going to kind of say, hey, this is what you're sitting here to do. And this is what happened. And this is how, you know, it all went. And then you go through a healing space where you truly are meant to heal a lot of the stuff that you went through during that time. And you can be put into tasks and jobs and things like that, but they're not like the jobs here. I mean, it's, you know, I've seen a lot of them that have been transitioned into guides. They've been, uh, some of them have been had to stay through deep healing um, experiences where they, you know, they really did have to just spend a lot of time healing the stuff that they've held on to and not um, been able to learn the lesson for. So I mean, there's all different components to the way it goes, but there are ones that do stay earthbound and trapped um, and those need help. And then there are some that um, go into a, um, I don't consider it hell, but I do consider it like a purgatory. Um you know, but that's not a common one that uh, if, um, I mean, if they have any, um, any morals to them at all, um, you know, but I do, there is a place where certain people do end up and it's, um, it is not pretty when, but purgatory, I finally have realized the majority of it is lower vibration energies and entities. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. They're generally just angry ones, but I mean, it's not, I mean, I think that the majority of the people that are in purgatory are staying right here on earth. And they're spirits, so they're stuck. Gotcha. So if we go through a healing process when we pass, mm -hmm. then how come we're dealing with garbage from previous lives? 
Well, it just honestly depends because you do also have set up a, um, a, a new setup that lessons that you want to learn. A lot of them will be tied to those past life experiences, things that you may have either struggled with or um, that you battled with in another life. And so there will still be that energetic tie that will still, you have that time where they, that's addressed as to that's why you're going to go through this here so that you can move forward. So there is still a tie, but I mean, even though you do heal, it depends on what the circumstances were and what you chose to come back to face. And then it stinks too, because our memory is wiped clean. Absolutely. So So we come back dealing with some bullshit that we can't even remember. For most people, that is very true. Um, you know, there, but, uh, you know, you find some of those that you see those amazing stories where, you know, they maybe um, have, um, you know, you see these children that have like these uncanny gifts that, um, you know, and they, and they have strong recollection into different time frames and, and um, experiences and things like that. And I think a lot of times what happens though is, is in their very early years, those very fundamental and years where they can still recall it very easily it's discredited or it's discounted as you have that overactive imagination. So that right. time frame where you could connect to it the quickest and the easiest, a lot of times, and I'm not saying it's parents are wrong. They're just dealing with what they can deal with. They don't know how to deal with that. When somebody says, you know, I, um, you know, I lived in England or I was, you know, I was a, you know, emperor and, and you're like, are you Okay. Not everyone has that understanding of those different time frames and different, you know, acceptances of those time um, lives that they may have had. So that's when a lot of times it gets repressed or pushed back or not, um, not as clear anymore. But a lot of times they can remember them through scars, through birthmarks, um, through fears and phobias. Those are all um, very big inclinations mm-hmm. of um, past lives. Yeah, one of my fears is drowning. Yeah. And I've, I've never come close and people, you know, I've had people try to figure out why I'm fearful of drowning. And they're like, well, maybe you saw something on TV and that scared you. And I'm like, no, I mean, this is just a real fear. And I did do a past life regression. Yeah. Yeah. And I was taken by the indigenous people and I had made the chief mad and he was trying, he, he was, I don't know if he was trying to drown me, but that's how it felt to me. Yeah. But I think I just really pissed him off. And he was just like, you know, I'm going to teach you a lesson because I wasn't in deep water. It was like I was on the shore, but he was holding my head into the water. Yeah. You know, you also were on the Titanic though. How awesome is that? Please tell yeah. me I wasn't that Molly. What's her name? <laughs> You aren't, but I mean, yeah, you're also on that uh, Titanic and that was your other fear for the, um, yeah. <gasps> wow. Uh, that the makes other. sense. So mm-hmm. then I ended up drowning? Yeah. Well, that sucks. Yeah, I know, right? I understand. That does suck. So. Well, I hope it was fast and quick. Actually, I don't think, I don't think it was. And I think, cause that's like one of my fears is that drowning is a slow death. It is. It is. It's not fast and quick. No. No, it is. I mean, that, that, and I completely get that. I mean, that and burning. I mean, oh my God. 
been burned to death, that's still, I mean, that's another one. I mean, that's not, it's not a quick one either. And that's painful as crap. So, yeah. Right. Not too, I would want to have to, I would want either one of those. So do you feel like you were tried as a witch in a previous life? Yes. And do you feel like you were burned? Absolutely. What about me? Absolutely. No, yay me. <laughs> but you also in that lifetime, because you've had multiple, li many lifetimes, but um, you were also waterboarded in that lifetime. Before I was burned. Yeah. They were trying but to get you to tell the truth at that point. But th thankfully you didn't. You I, was a herbal I was a herbalist. Right. And that's why you were like, I mean, what? what am I supposed to tell you? I mean, I'm like, you know, I've got the mint and the, um, and some, you know, some, some, uh, you know, rosemary and oregano's. And what are you talking about? Well, I think there was more to it than just the herbs, but that you was, know. that's what know. they needed to know. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't believe that I was ever like an evil witch. No, you but weren't. Ever. I don't believe I ever meant ever to harm anybody. Absolutely not. Um, and you never, um, and no, you you never, um, I mean, everything that you try to do is for the better of um, everyone. Right, but just to, uh, I don't know if you can hear that my husband's phone is in here. <laughs> it's like, wow, really? Let me turn that down. Well, and that's still pretty much how I am right now. You know, I just, I just want to help people so that they can have a better quality of life. Absolutely. You know, for them to do it naturally instead of with all this laboratory food garbage that they're eating and, you know, all these bogus medications that they're taking. I mean, Absolutely. the pharmaceuticals have their place. They do. But, but they're being, they're being, they're trapping people um, in illnesses and conditions that are not uh, necessary. No, it should be for a time. Yes. You, you know, get the high blood pressure down and then let's look at the whole body and let's figure out what's going on and what's truly causing this. Yep. You know, that's the way we need to be doing things. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it is possible, but it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it makes a lot more money for um, them to keep the, keep them broken. Speaking of them, um, how do you, because I feel like that the pandemic happened for a reason. I think that they thought they were going to like plateau, but I feel like with so many people waking up, I think they're, I think we'll end up like shifting the energy into a better direction than what they wanted. Well, I and think I, that, um, you know, a lot of it was, um, was people were, um, weren't listening anymore. They were, you know, people weren't listening. They weren't hearing, they weren't, you know, connecting to, they weren't getting the messages. And I mean, everybody was crying. I'm broke. I'm tired. I'm too busy. I'm exhausted. I mean, I don't have time with for my family. I don't have time, all these things. And I think it was a forced, um, so I think it was a spiritual, um, I think it was a spiritual illness that uh, came through and it was to try and awaken people to, uh, to what, um, what they were, 
what they've been running from themselves and their families and life and truly living what they needed to live. That's, a, that's an interesting thought. And I think a lot of people, I mean, being in here in Louisiana, we got hit by Ida pretty good. Yeah. We had no power for 30 days. I mean, we had two generators, so we did, but, you know, not the full house. We didn't have internet for 50 days. But during that time, it gives you time to reflect. Yep. In time to think about things. Absolutely. A time for more love and more gratitude, which of course are the two emotions that have the highest vibrational frequency that we that we can offer to each other and to the world. Yes. Well, we're about at the top of the hour. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Jessica, what would you like to leave the listening audience with? For some reason, the message has been really heavy for me this week um, to share about um, for people to not wait for tomorrow. Hmm. Quit waiting for tomorrow for um, to make the phone call. Quit waiting for tomorrow to do something that it is that will bring your soul happiness and joy. Um, quit, um, you know, quit trying to uh, quit, I guess, uh, segregating or, you know, going within yourself and, and almost imploding in your own pain and everything that's going on within the, within yourself, because we're meant to reach out and we're meant to, you know, be with each other. We were sent here for a human experience. Right. And that human experience is uh, sometimes it's, um, you know, just taking that time to be able to spend that time with friends and loved ones and or just anyone that you know that can support your soul during this time. That's beautiful. Beautifully said. And if people want to work with you, where can they find you? Um, Clairvoyantjess.com is uh, my website. But I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter. I mean, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm on there. So, um, but um, yeah, and I do also do uh, a lot of, um, I get to do the readings on uh, Thursday. So anybody that's interested, I always do free general reading messages that I post on Thursday um, on my um, TikTok and on my Facebook and Instagram pages, um, which is just clairvoyant just. So if you um, want to check those out and then I generally will choose like three different topics and then I'll do a read for, um, for each topic for the uh, collective good. Nice. Well, just I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and be with us. It's been great having you here. And hopefully we'll see you back here again sometime when you have some awesome. new stuff to share. Awesome. I appreciate you having me on and I appreciate your time also. Thank you. Well, this is the end of another episode of Natural Bliss Podcast. Hey, remember to like and subscribe. And hit the bell so that you get notifications. I usually go ahead and put out new videos on Thursdays. So until then, keep on shining.